0: Father, thank you for your mercies to us. They are fresh every morning, and particularly this morning, this day of worship, this day where we celebrate our Savior risen, ascended at your right hand, seated and interceding for us. Uh, Help us to love him, to know him uh, better in this time, in Christ's name, amen. So. So as the young people are making their way out the door, if you would, please turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. And once the din of little feet has died out, could someone read for us Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 through 4? So, we all know that passage, right? Do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Bonhoeffer points out that this actually is a fairly shocking statement. Because, what has Jesus been saying in Matthew chapter 5? He said, you're to be a city on a hill. You're to let your light shine. And now he says that your righteousness is to be hidden. And so it's a specific type of righteousness that is being focused on here. And so Bonhoeffer opens by asking the question, from whom is that righteousness supposed to be hidden? And, well, wait a minute. Sorry, I jumped ahead of my outline. Uh, If righteousness is lived before the rest of the world, if righteousness is, is, is proclaimed, if my righteous deeds are proclaimed, then it's my righteousness I'm proclaiming. But the righteousness that Jesus calls for, the righteousness that is God's righteousness is always reflective. You and I always are called to reflect God's righteousness, not to come with our own. Not to bring our own righteousness. Bonhoeffer says our activity must be visible, but never be done for the sake of making it visible. That which is visible must also be hidden. And this sounds maybe overcomplicated, but I want you to consider, over the past few years, how many signs have you seen in people's yards that say, hate has no home here? Currently, how many signs, or maybe over the past three years, how many signs did you see that said, love is love? How many rainbow flags do people fly outside their front doors? Or we do parades in order to celebrate all people. Is this not doing our righteousness in front of others? Is that not what this is? We, we are doing our righteousness so that the world may see. The, the person driving past can see that in my home, I believe that hate shouldn't be here. Doesn't matter if I yell at my wife. Doesn't matter if I beat my kids. <laughs> it doesn't matter if I'm a horrible human being. I've got a sign. <laughs> And and this righteousness that Jesus Christ is calling for is a righteousness that must be hidden. It must be a quiet, hidden righteousness. And the paradox is that this quiet, hidden righteousness is a righteousness that will make us stand out, that will make us to be a city on a hill that will make us to be light. But when we're doing righteousness for the sake of other people seeing righteousness, when we're doing it for the sake, I mean, we call it virtue signaling. When we are virtue signaling, then we are doing the exact opposite of what Jesus calls for here. He calls for a righteousness that is hidden. And, and Bonhoeffer goes on to say, let me come in just a second, Bonhoeffer goes on to say, if we don't take this command seriously, that our righteousness is to be a hidden righteousness, then the danger is that extraordinary witness that Jesus' disciples are called to be is not a witness that comes from following Christ, but a witness that springs from our own will and desire. So do you see what he's saying there? If, if I'm wanting you to know how righteous I am, if I'm wanting you to see my righteousness, then it means it's not Jesus' righteousness. That desire isn't coming up out of a desire to honor Christ. It's a desire for you to see my righteousness, for you to acknowledge that I'm a righteous human being, that I care more than anybody else does. Uh, that, that I have the correct sign, uh, in, in my front yard or I have the correct flag hanging from my, from my balcony. My righteousness, if it is a righteousness to be seen, cannot be God's righteousness. Because where God's righteousness is seen, is at the cross. That's where the righteousness of God is, and, and on, its, on its most full display. And so Bonhoeffer says, how do we resolve this paradox? So there's a paradox between chapter 5 and chapter 6, the openness versus the hiddenness. How do we resolve this paradox? And so he gives three uh, ways in which this visible command is also invisible three ways in which you and I can understand that this open, visible righteousness is a hidden righteousness. And the three ways that you and I can understand this paradox is, first, who is it from whom you are to hide the visibility? There's only three options. From whom... From whom are you and I called to hide? Now, the text actually tells us. But just to to set it in in its context, it's obviously not from the world. We're not supposed to hide it from the world because we're called to be a city on a hill. So it's not the world, and it's obviously not God, The idea that you and I hide anything from God is ridiculous. So it can only be from myself. And that's where the text tells us, don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. We must be, and Bonhoeffer goes on to say this, we must be unaware of our own righteousness and see it only insofar as we look unto Jesus, then it will seem not extraordinary, but quite ordinary and natural. If you get that, <laughs> that that's something profound, but over say it. saying. That's exactly right, and and I think we've got to be mindful of that. I mean, that that well, that's what Jesus is commanding us to do in in Matthew six one to four. He's he's commanding us to be not to not do righteous deeds. I mean, he says, do righteous deeds, do your righteousness, but the manner in which you do your righteousness absolutely makes all the difference in the world. Uh, If I'm virtue signaling, then it's my righteousness. If I'm just quietly living for God, and I don't... So, for instance, let me give an example. A couple who has been married faithfully for 50 years, never committed adultery, raised a family, did the best they could, would we look at that and say, that couple, that man, that woman, that is a role model? Yeah. Now, for you in this room who have been married for whatever length of time and have not committed adultery, And have done your best to raise your kids (laughs) and and somehow figure out the zoo that that is life and kids and all the crazy and try just to keep from going insane or running off a cliff. Sometimes that's the best we can do. For you who have lived that reality or are living that reality, would you say, I'm a role model? Okay, just for those watching on the internet, I'm not seeing anybody nodding their heads and going, yep, I'm the role model. The point is, if we're following after Christ, what we're going to see is not how righteous we are. We're going to see our imperfections. I'm going to look at my being a husband, and I'm not going to look at, hey, I never cheated on her. <laughs> when here. I'm going to think of all the times that I've been a jerk. I'm going to think of all the all the times in my marriage that I've not been Christ. Those are the times I'm ashamed of. and And so I look at my married life and I don't see a role model for people to follow. I see a broken man who wishes he were more like Christ. And, and by God's grace, from day one, has made that commitment and said, Lord, today make me more like you than I was yesterday. And if he's done that to some degree, praise his name. But I don't look at these things that I just see as natural. Of course I should not cheat on my wife. I made a promise. <laughs> I made a vow. I, of course I don't do This is not some high noble virtue, that I want you to be impressed with. It's kind of the bare minimum for being a decent human being. <laughs> it's, just, it's just the floor level of being not a jerk or, what, or worse. I mean, not grotesque. Uh, my point is that when we are doing our righteous deeds for Christ, we don't see them as righteous. We just see it as natural. We just see it as what we should be doing. We see it as what we want to be doing. So that's the first way that our righteous deeds are to be hidden. They're to be hidden from ourselves. The second way, Bonhoeffer says, how can a disciple, how can the life of discipleship be both open and hidden? How can you have these two at the same time? They seem opposite to one another. Live it, don't talk about it. Right. That's exactly right. Open and hidden. And for the perfect illustration of that, we have the cross. The cross was completely open in front of everybody, in front of the watching world, and simultaneously nobody had a clue what was happening. (laughs) Not even his own disciples. His own disciples that have been with him and have seen the miracles and know that he is the son of David are all standing around watching him die. Nobody, that thing was entirely hidden and yet entirely open Uh, because the purpose of it was not to explain a thing in the world to the people around the cross. The purpose of it was entirely focused on God the Son fulfilling the justice, the penal substitutionary atonement. So, so Bonhoeffer says it's only in the cross that's highly visible yet completely hidden to all who understood, who, who stood beneath it. He says the cross is at once the necessary, the hidden, and the visible. He says it's the cross that is extraordinary. And if we are focused on the cross... If we're, if we're centered on the cross, then that's going to change the way in which we live out our righteousness. So first, how's the paradox resolved? It's got to be hidden from ourselves. Second, we've got to look at the ultimate example of a hidden righteousness, which is the cross. And then thirdly, that contradiction between chapter five and chapter six, the contradiction between the visible and the hidden, It's the very meaning of what discipleship is. Discipleship is an exclusive adherence to Jesus Christ. And that implies first that the disciple look only to his Lord and follow him. When discipleship is exclusively focused on Christ Jesus and my living under his yoke, then following his will is my only course of action, and it is simply the natural thing to do. That makes it extraordinary. Not because I'm seeking to be extraordinary, but simply because God makes it extraordinary. Amen. <laughs> and that is the heart, that's the secret. That's the, that's the heart of how you and I can live extraordinary lives. We all want that. We want to live a life that is extraordinary. But it's only when we are looking at Christ Jesus, only when we're comparing ourselves to him, not when we're putting up signs in our front yard. And that, that, that desire for... The extraordinary, I think, is common to humanity. All of us want to think we're more than just rats chasing a piece of cheese until the guillotine. Uh, (laughs) We we, we all want to think there's something more to this world, something more to my existence, than simply how many times can I eat breakfast? Uh, One day I won't be able to anymore. That was it. (laughs) Uh, So, how we live this extraordinary life in a hidden way, is something that is really powerful, I think. And and, and Bonhoeffer really opens this up for us. I'm being extraordinary, not because I'm trying to be extraordinary. I'm just trying to be a decent human being. I'm just trying to follow Jesus. Jesus says, love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. And I'm going to try. I'm going to do it badly. There's going to be days I'm grouchy. There's going to be times I'm stupid. But Jesus said, love your wife. And I'm going to try. And Jesus told my wife to, lo- to submit and love me and to, and to be under my headship. And she's going to look at me a million times and go, he is the lamest head I have ever seen. He's pathetic. But she's going to try. And I'm going to try to love my children. Uh, I'm going to try to not exasperate them. I'm going to try to raise them in the fear and the knowledge of the Lord. And I'm going to do badly but I'm going to try. And that itself becomes extraordinary because it's God that makes it extraordinary. And so Bonhoeffer goes on to say, I love this, this is is the bumper sticker for the entire class this morning. The genuine work of love is always a hidden Work. Take heed, therefore, that you know it not, for only so is it the goodness of God. So let me say that again, (laughs) because that is some deep stuff there. The genuine work of love is always a hidden work. Take heed, therefore, that you know it not. For only so is it the goodness of God. Only when you and I can say, yeah, I don't, (laughs) I'm not doing righteous deeds. I'm not doing good works. I'm just trying to be like Jesus. Only then does it become the goodness of God that's on display. Now, the counterpart to this hiddenness is in verse 4. What is hidden will be made manifest or will be revealed. Uh, When you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. So that which is hidden will become manifest. The only difference is... Where will you receive the credit? And from whom will you receive it? Do you get that? Where are you going to receive the credit for your righteous deeds? Are they going to be in the here and now? And are they going to be from your fellow people around you? Sadly, that's what a lot of people want. (laughs) But if it's God's righteousness, it's not received. The credit is not received here and now. The credit is received from God in his timing. And sometimes that timing is in the here and now. Sometimes it's not, but that is him. I'm doing this for him. I'm looking to him. Whatever credit there is goes entirely to him. And it is then that God takes what is hidden and makes it open. But if you and I are trying to get other people's acknowledgement of our own righteous deeds, then we're looking for them to give us the credit. And we're looking for them to to acknowledge us, and ultimately they're the only ones that, from whom we receive the credit. Uh, the only question is, where are you going to receive that credit, and who is going to give it to you? And Bonhoeffer says, if the left hand knows what the right hand is doing, if we become conscious of our own hidden virtue, then we are forging our own reward instead of that which God intends to give us in his own good time. So, think about that. What is the reward for me putting the yard sign out? And I think I'm good. (laughs) I think I'm good. In fact, I know I'm good. I know I'm good because I put the yard sign out that says I'm good. (laughs) I know I'm good. (laughs) I got a yard sign. (laughs) If we become conscious of our own hidden virtue, we are forging our own reward. And, let me see how much time I got. Exactly. Amen. Pride. I think this is one of the dangers of people who like to tell other people the right way to think or the right way to live. Follow me because I've got the answers. We end up becoming our own reward. I know that I have the right answers because look at all the people that follow me, uh, and and that's true in whatever arena, whatever arena it takes place across all the arenas. But when my own my own righteousness, my own reputation, my own standing in front of others, my career, my identity, when, when, when the focus is on me and what this does for me, instead of God and simply living for Him and trying to reflect Him, when the focus is on me, the reward is what I have grasped for. And one of the things, as you all know, any grown adult, you remember that Christmas toy that you had to have that was going to make your life (laughs) that thing you had to have on Christmas morning that you woke up at 4 a.m. to race down and see if it was under the tree. Do you remember what that thing was? I don't.
1: Every year it was a new
0: thing. It may have been a racetrack when I was eight. It may have been a PlayStation. It may have been an Xbox. It may have been a Nintendo I don't know. <laughs> it may have been a CD player. I'm old enough, it may have been a record player. <laughs> These things become their own reward, and they're powdery. They just fall apart. But God's commendation is, is what is ultimately manifest. When Jesus said, do not let your left hand know, he was sounding the death knell of the old man. Love, in the sense of spontaneous, unreflective action, spells the death of the old man. For man recovers his true nature in the righteousness of Christ and in his relationship with his fellow man. Uh, and, and that's where I think Bonhoeffer is, is powerfully opening up a truth here. Uh, it's, it's in your relationship with Jesus Christ and as we live this, this thing out that is the gospel community, that is the church, that is, is the life of faith, as we live it out together in, in a community of disciples... And as we're focused exclusively on Jesus Christ, what we are doing is nothing less than killing the old man and living out the life of the new man in Jesus Christ. And so, that's where Matthew 6, 1-4 to and Hidden Righteousness uh, is, is focusing us. So, let's uh, close in prayer and then go into our time of fellowship. Father, we do thank you that Jesus Christ is not only the one hidden, but the one revealed. He is your righteousness. His work on the cross, his work in the resurrection, his ongoing work in his reign is the work of righteousness. Help us, Father, to look to that in the private matters, the quiet matters of our own houses, our own lives, our own choices and decisions and priorities. And would you bring glory to your name, in Christ's name, amen.